Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland. I'm Tony. And I'm Kiefer. Welcome back, Kiefer. You are the second person to gain the prestigious title of friend of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Today is the 26th of January as we record this, and we're all on release watch, and we still don't have a release. What time on the uh, 31st do we think it'll be out? Do we think it'll be the morning, the evening? No, no, no. Or an afternoon. Not, not a morning kind of thing. <laughs> not morning. They're going to crack, d- drop it out first thing, 8 a.m. Pacific. No, yeah, I think I think afternoon Pacific time. No, nah, he'll be asleep in the afternoon. Uh, if you recall, his, his schedule is more along the lines of the end of his day is like 6 a.m. Right, so we'll, so we'll time shift for that. So 6 a.m. would be the end of the day. So that would be an evening release? <laughs> or does <laughs> it still count? count as morning? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite as convinced that it's going to be on January 31st. I think that we might float off into February, which gives me the game. No, I think mm, from the future nah, and you have nah. it. Let us know how it is. <laughs> I feel like January is a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... didn't he say it fairly specifically that it's now coming out in this month? He did. He did say some days. So some days. That's mm. That feels good to me. I... I, I yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the love on that one. And good. that was four days ago. He has four days left to get it out. Well, then I think we're still in what I would consider to be some days. So, <laughs> Yeah, here, here it is. So, yes, we're planning for a release this month. So, but, I mean, at the same yeah. time, you all have worked, are, are pretty familiar with software. And that doesn't always go to plan. Amen. So I'm not going to hold him to his word on that. And maybe instead of valve time, we're in dwarf time. The good thing, though, is that he is the only one that he's answering to. So, Well, I think so, too. And, and that's why I think I would sort of trust his release will be out in January thing um, over, like, say, Valve. Because, you know, he's, he, he can speak directly to the Scrum team and he can speak directly to the project manager. And he can speak directly to who's packaging the release. Um, all probably without even moving. So I think I, I'm confident I'm sticking to this January thing. You naysayers. <laughs> you just want to win. You naysayers. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, we did see a new DF hack, though, recently. So that's pretty neat, I thought. That's usually indicated that we're about to get a new version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, always exactly. how it works. Does the DF hack team have a have an inside road to the to the code base? Oh, no, no, opposite. <laughs> I would say no. I think here's here's my theory on it. If we're if we're arm sharing, um, I, I would guess that somebody on the DF hack team's like, oh shoot, you know what? That release is coming up. I should grab the code, and then they pull the code up, and they're like, oh, you know what I could do? Ooh, and this would be cool too. Oh, you know what? I'd, and you know, I think it was just basically somebody bringing up the code in preparation for the release coming up, and then just got excited and added some really cool stuff. And cool stuff they added. They did. I don't know if. Did you guys look at the DF hack notes? Mm-mm. I haven't looked at the new notes yet. I have not either. So. Tell us about it. I. <laughs> funny you should mention it. <laughs> you can script things, like you can have things repeat commands. So you can use repeat to automatically remove stress from doors or all of the doors or some doors or whatever. If you've got somebody that you just can't keep in control, you can set a repeating command so you don't have to remember to 
keep telling them to chill. And then there were some enhancements on how they did that, which is kind of cool. And then they've got a new one called Combat Harden, which um, if you don't want to go full remove stress, because that feels like a bit like a lobotomy or something. If you want to just Combat Harden them, you can select a few citizens that you want in your military and then it Combat Hardens them. So it like gets rid of their bad thoughts when they see dead things. So they're like, I don't care, whatever. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so we just change change everyone into uh, oh, a little bit crazy, you know? Psychopath for it. There you go. Yeah, so they're like, whatever. I, you know, I'll just trip over this dead body. It's not a problem. And then some of the set needs and meeting needs things have been tweaked and tuned. Um, and what else? And there's a whole bunch of other stuff I didn't totally follow. Yeah, that's neat. I'm I'm so happy to see that team continuing to work on it and add more neat stuff and not just do bug fixes. And, and whatnot, especially so close to release. I was like, that's really funny. Maybe they were trying to push the release by mod- by editing it. Yeah, I think you were probably on the right track there, though. I suspect that someone's doing these bug fixes and little features to try to get their chops back up and encoding it. Yeah, you know, it's back in mind. Um, but, you know, if you do play around with it, I think you'd, you'd need to be aware that it's not working with the text will be text hasn't been updated. So you, you'd, you'd be stuck in the, you know, using your tile set or your not tile set um, with those, you know, like I call them the Krug smashisms, you know, where the zeros are actually like some sort of sprite. Right. Right. I never figured out what text will be text really does. Anyway, anybody makes, know? makes fonts not get jumbled up with the tile sets basically is that's, that's my layman's version of it. Hmm. So you don't have that, thing like you know when you see in crux smash when he shows the value of a, an artifact and it's like two seven and then it's like barrel barrel five or whatever it makes the zeros barrels or barrel zeros mm-hmm. I that's what it does uh, text I will think. be text is also used for the advanced uh, movement sprites that math talked about yeah i think you can do other stuff with it too like that, like it'll swap out layers or something. I don't know. There's all sorts of other crazy stuff it can do. I, hmm. I don't know enough about the inner workings uh, to uh, to speak intelligently well, this, about DFHack. The source is all on uh, GitHub, so you can go update it for us. You want? Yeah, let's go. Come on, chop chop. I did a little like bit of source diving in in uh, Dwarf Therapist. Yeah, how'd that go? Oh, you know, I stopped because I found out that the feature that I wanted to add was already in there, which is resizing the the fonts and the uh, size of the actual uh, grid. So that was Hmm. my whole point of wanting to get in there and make changes. That's cool. Yeah. It solves that problem. Uh, For sure. So we did have an update on uh, the 22nd of January of DevNotes, and it looks like that he did add a couple more features before the uh, before the release. Uh, sermons, he's added sermons and in adventure mode, and apparently, uh, sorry, sermons in uh, in dwarf mode, and in adventure mode, apparently you can give a sermon too, though it doesn't do anything. <laughs> hmm, that's pretty great. It's amazing. But the sermons are, I think, like ways to remove stress. It looks like you can have people preaching about stuff, and and that will make them all happier. So I think it's like performers for temples, basically, or performing 
performers for your churches. Oh, okay, cool. But that's, not necessarily in like. temples, I don't think, because not they, in temples. he talked about that it only minorly affects the happiness, you know, uh, the annoyance of a dwarf if they don't worship the same God as you're, as you're sermoning about. So it can annoy some people, too. Hmm. Oh, so, I see. If you get like a crackpot in there talking about it is the end of the world, then, you know, the dwarves might just be like, oh, my God, this guy. <laughs> So not him again. This also means that it now wouldn't make more sense to not only build just one giant temple that is like mixed deity and stuff, but you can now go into several temples that are fixed on their respective god so that people don't annoy other people while praying. Hmm. Even more than that, it's um not because you can restrict a temple to a specific god already, but the, the the big changes can be restricted to a religion. So, say you have a bunch of people in your fortress that respect a certain religion that maybe talks to two or three different gods, put them all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never made that distinction between the religion and dwarf fortress and the gods. I w- was always thinking of it as a one to one ratio. Is the religion thing sorted out, or is it just people who worship the dwarves who worship different gods? I thought it was. I thought it was just you know they they worship their gods. I didn't know it was a like a really an actual like religion thing. On this on this update, it's going to be oh, organized wow. religions. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is going to be really cool, and it's, it's kind of crazy. It was so we have organized religions and guilds in uh, fort mode, and then. In adventure mode, you also have corporations and mercenary companies, too. That's going to be so cool. Like, just seeing mercenary companies go out to... I I love looking into Legends mode. I mentioned that before and everything. But seeing, like, okay, they're going to hire this... Send out scouts before a battle and see how that affects everything. It's going to be really neat. Yeah, Legends mode is super fun. And I've played around with it you know, the natural version in the game. But I also really like those Legends Mode browsers. I think those oh. are pretty cool too. Yeah, Legends Viewer. Got to do a shout out. Probably the, was it Chromtech is currently the guy who's maintaining it. It was originally made by this other guy. I think his name was Parker. Um, and so this guy just took over and has been maintaining it. So I imagine there's going to be some changes right when we get to release before we can see the new Legends Viewer. But I you're right. I, yeah. I think in the dev notes it mentioned something about changing the structure of Legends mode. So you can have like more information about why people made decisions and historical figures, why they decided to have a fight. Like he really hated his uh, old boss, so we in, we invaded their country. It seems fairly specific currently even with the yeah. with the events that that individual historical figures go through yeah i think um this is just going to be further improvement that like people can make friends or war buddies in world generation with the coming update so you can see people forming friends and kind of a lot of the things i think are added are kind of filling in what at least myself i was filling in between the lines uh just from reading the modes seeing like okay these people were in this battle together and then they went on to this different fort so maybe they were friends and now we can say oh no actually he hated that guy but you know <laughs> they were they were still you know ended up in the same spot yeah oh like alliances that's gonna be crazy so like you know a giant uh zombie horde coming into an area and um 
decide to form an alliance between men and elves and go out and take them to be pretty Can zombies even do alliances no um like people be- form an alliance against zombies or things like ah, that okay they'll be like the uh the last alliance of men and elves and that was that was a little bit of a Tolkien drop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been sketching around it. Kiefer asked before the program what we are most looking forward to in the upcoming release. And and mine is the organized religions, because I think that it would be really neat to, to have uh, organized temples of a particular religion and, and have, uh, you know, see the rivalries that, that pop up in your fortress between different religious sects. So what about you guys? Yeah, I'm not sure how this uh, whole religion thing turns out. I'm looking forward to it. But the biggest things I'm looking forward to are uh, the friendship thing and the whole evil actually now has kind of a plot and stuff to do that he uh, referred uh, very, very early on already about how necromancers now not only idle in their towers, but have some goals they are trying to achieve so t- taking over the world uh, gathering more undead to them um, making an army maybe going out and slaughtering your dwarves and taking over your fortress like evil used to be more of a force of nature and now it's driven by a specific goal and Okay, this might be just me hyping it up, but I imagine now evil will be much worse than before. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Just like the fact that evil can spread through the world, not just through villains, yeah. but like physically spread away from a demon and corrupt the yeah, land. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like that. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, I mean, I, what I wonder is like, what kind of world gem things or impacts is that going to have? Like, if you do. Like I'm really into the thousand-year-old worlds or whatever. So I mean, are you going to have like fully evil, or you know, will they will there be some way to contain it from spreading? So like the daring dwarves of the anvils of dashing can you know, well, fight back the evil or whatever. What was it? The uh, the remaining animal people were the only people in one of his tests. Huh. That uh, that was a little exciting. Hopefully, oh. not everything will end up like that after a thousand years. I love the animal <laughs> people. They're they're my favorites. I I that's one thing I'd love to see is I want to want to have an animal people for it. Yeah. Now can you pet an animal person? Right. That part I almost forgot about it. Thank you, Kiefer. You can pet stuff now. This is the <laughs> best part. For, for, forget about evil. Like you can pet <laughs> dogs. Yeah. Oh, necromancers can pet and ride zombie animals. Oh, this is, so is even crazy. Weirdly wholesome. It seems like you'd be pushing physics there because if it's a zombie horse, is it really going to be strong enough to hold you, or are you just going to like collapse through the zombie horse? No, it's more like jello and gives you a more smooth ride. <laughs> Built-in suspension. <laughs> it just falls off. Yeah, just like it's, and and plus it's going to be sort of slimy and gross. I would have thought. But maybe I'm overthinking this. Uh, what are you looking forward to, Kiefer? Oh, well, I already mentioned on the like back end, improvements to legend mode. That's going to be amazing. And then I got to echo what's been said about 
uh, necromancers and evil spreading. I think on the technical side, since we haven't really talked about that a lot, changes to aquifers. I think that is going to be one of the biggest changes in this release. You know, all the features aside, yeah. the fact that people without much experience can now try to dig in the aquifers and instead of having to make a plug and push through it, you can have to actually engineer methods to get the water out of your fort if it's slowly seeping in. I think that's hugely more realistic and so much cooler to deal with. It's a it's a fun problem now. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm curious to see what impact that's going to have and how it's going to work because I, I really think right now I just, I just avoid aquifers because I ain't got time for that. Um, it's just a lot of work, you know, like, oh. it's not, it's not a fun problem right now. Most of the time. No, it's a real headache. Um, but I, but I love the idea of them. I like, I think that's really cool that you can tap into the aquifer and get your water from it and stuff. And you've always got that. That's neat. But it's just like the whole punching through it is just like a nightmare. Yeah. I always, I, I enjoy making like waterways and, uh, different, cistern systems in my forts i always have like tunnels and tubes running through everything but uh this this might actually make it a little more interesting than just those are used on and off and binary it's like okay i have to have some drainage here i'm going to make sure that the the guild hall isn't wet and you know things like that that's gonna be a lot of fun you could build an entire fort in an octal layer and just find ways to manage it for fun uh one time i took a fortress that was uh, in a tantrum spiral and decided that I wasn't just going to retire it, I was going to destroy it. So I went to the river, dug a few channels from the river into the main entrance of the fortress, and slowly filled up the fortress with water. And it took a long, long time for this fortress to fill up with water. Of course, all of my dwarves uh, drowned it, but it was it was very interesting. I, I did enjoy playing with the water, but typically I'm... I, just when a fortress goes beyond the point of returning, I will retire it and, and start another one. But I thought that was neat. I, I also like playing with water. It's like those water tables that you go at the, like, there's a place called Discovery Center near here that is, you know, it's it's made for kids and adults, but it mostly appeals to kids. But there's a giant, you know, floor-sized water table that you have all the diverters and the wag- and the wheels and all that kind of stuff. It's It's a blast. It's fun to play with those, yeah. And the, the water simulation stuff is really cool. Um, yeah, until you accidentally, amazing. well, if you're an idiot like uh, like me, the whole uh, up and down staircase thing, still, I find that a bit of a, a bit of a challenge mentally. And I was playing around with building a well, and I, you know, was kind of cascading the water down through a little cavern that I dug, not realizing that um, if you build a a wooden up down staircase on the surface, it punches a hole into the ground below it. Um, and water will flow through that. So that's, so that's <laughs> yeah. something to keep in mind. Um, cause I was like, oh my God, why is the fort flooding? Oh, oh my God. Okay. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. So same with like felling trees when you're on the surface can break mm-hmm. through into the first layer. Yeah. yeah only call that sucks. Yeah. I had, the, I had a, <laughs> I had an invasion one time cause I didn't know that. I was like, why are they coming? Oh, they're coming into the hole. <laughs> How did you get into Why here? is there a hole? Oh. What the? Uh, so, are there changes to the whole circus thing, um, too, or is that um, circus itself isn't? But uh, I remember them talking about um, forts being taken over if in or including in uh, world generation if you decide to or if if they lose to the fortress or the circus rather <laughs> the fortress could possibly become. Mm-hmm. 
filled with circus freaks before you even start the uh, game. Uh, oh, oh, okay. What is this circus you speak of? I, I have not. This is the first I have ever heard of a circus in Dwarf well, Fortress. I, I think it's best. That not is to for talk you to figure it. out. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, is I that think a spoiler? That is a tri- it's a yes. it's a tried and true tradition. You will find the circus. We refer to the circus, and it's best something you find out yourself. Yeah, and all of a sudden you'll go, "Oh, that's what that was about." And and same for anyone listening. Okay, we shall say no more. But it is truly, say no truly more. a wonderful bit of fun. <laughs> all you have to do is dig down, get some popcorn, and enjoy the wonderful clowns. <laughs> Why do I not believe you? <laughs> No, it's okay. It's just everyone loves candy. <laughs> All right. Okay. So usually I won't it, ask any more for, for any spoilers on that. Usually it ends with an, oh my God, what the hell? And then you just have to laugh and go with it. <laughs> <laughs> New Fort. Oh. <laughs> New world. I think that that leaves you, Tony. Uh, yeah. You know, I, what, I can't really say anything specifically. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. I, I think um, I'm interested in in kind of seeing if any of these changes impact how I can access or interact with the world. Like, you know, when you do your C and you can look at the world and decide if you want to raid people or go on missions and stuff. I don't know if there's anything tied to that, but I, I just am really curious, like what impact some of these changes are going to have on the world at large and, um, and you know, how the dynamics of adding religion and evil and, and all of that, just, just what, just how it's going to fit at a really high level and see how it's all going to work. Otherwise, I'm probably still just going to keep playing around with the same stupid stuff I usually do. If nothing's happening directly with the, the C menu, then, uh, you could also just have downstream effects where it's like someone comes into your fort and, uh, decides to try to grab an artifact and you're like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, take out your entire civilization. Seems more like a rolling thing to do. Seems fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If people steal from you, I think all bets are off, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, Elf. You can't have that book. And how dare you ask? If they're stealing food, then I might I might give them a pass. But I'm with you. I'm with you. All of them. And the and the you know, the odd Kia. Kia is going to Kia. You know, Kia is going to Kia. They're not part of a civilization anyway. So unless they're a trained Kia, imagine that. That's true evil. Imagine that. Like trained Kias flocking on your fort, steeding shit, and somewhere you hear a goblin laughing. (laughs) A goblin laugh floats over the wind. Well, well, look, is that too far out of the question? Because we can already train war dogs. It's just (laughs) their thing is that they go and they fight. Kias steal stuff. You can do that. You can go and change it and, and make Kias war trainable if you want. Yeah, that's it. But um, you would need some kind of different training to encourage them. Uh, for, for example, war training makes things more aggressive. So dogs just don't run away, but actually engage the foe. And uh, then maybe you need some kind of thief training. I don't know. And then the Kia just goes into your fort, steals stuff, goes back and forth, and blah, blah, blah. And, hmm. The Kia embezzlement system? (laughs) Acquisition. (laughs) Acquisition training. Train Kias to recognize certain things that you, you know. Okay, if it is deep green and looks shiny, grab it. If it is gold, 
grab it. Wait, are birds colorblind? <laughs> I don't know, but the deep green might just get you with a bunch of goblins in your fort. Birds were like tetrachromats or whatever. Like they could see lots of things. I mean, the hard <laughs> thing is you can't really ask a bird, you know, like, hey, what's this look like to you? And they just, they just look at you. Yeah, and they just look at you. I, I mean, have you tried it? I have. They just look at you. They don't know. They don't know what's going on. And it's just like, I'm a bird, dude. What are you doing? And then other people start thinking you're crazy. I don't, it's just, it, it's, yeah, I, I've had problems with that past. But I've got, I'm getting help, so it's cool. Um, so how about those mine carts? Uh, what do you think? Any changes to mine carts in the next, in the next version? Oh, man. No. So, no changes to mine carts. Kiefer, have you used mine carts? Yes. Do you have the answer? I have. <laughs> the answer is take a couple sacrifices and just roll with the punches on it. I think that's, that's most of what you got to do. Do your guys eventually learn how to use them without killing themselves? If you set restrictions and have specific tunnels just for minecarts, you can usually get away with it. And then I also just mostly use minecarts for like little dump areas. So you like have a one one by one track area where a minecart just sits next to a stop, a station. And then if you have a little um, stockpile on one side and a hole on the other side, dump stuff down like to your furnaces and whatnot. Are they that much faster than wheelbarrows? Yeah. Cause much so. I tend to build a lot of wheelbarrows early on in my fortress and so that they can haul rocks faster. I only specifically use it for like really heavy stuff. Everything else is wheelbarrows. I'm playing around with it as a weapon. I love this idea of siege entrances in my fort. So I build basically these long, windy hallways full of traps, and then everybody comes through that. They get chewed up before I beat them to a pulp with my squads. So I'm thinking of like putting minecarts in and being able to just have the dwarves launch the minecarts into the invaders. So I'm I'm wondering if that works. Oh, it does. It's amazing. Right when yeah, right when they first came out, people were experimenting with that, and you have like new versions of the coin star machine. Or just people throwing entire statues made out of lead at uh, invaders and just totally destroys things and turns them into pulp. It's it's rather horrifying. Yeah, so I think that's going to be fun. And then I was also wondering about using it as a mass transit system. So the Dwarven people mover? To the, <laughs> the subway. What could go wrong? Yeah, because they can, they can get in and ride. I think it's only like one yeah. person at a time. So, so maybe there's a feature request. We need some mass transit options, Toadie. But is it... Okay, so my brain is already connected to a different kind of minecart, uh, the Minecraft minecart. And if you push that into a being, the being will probably uh, hop onto the minecart and then you can roll it away. Uh, does that work in Dwarf Fortress also? So do, do things just randomly get in the minecart and, you know? Um, kind of. I, I remember during minecart development, um, there was a um, devlog about this, so you guys can maybe go back and look. But there was a, a time while Toadie was experimenting with minecarts that he was shooting them off of jumps, essentially. I believe in one of them, someone jumped out of a minecart into another minecart or something like that. I could be remembering this wrong. But things like that do happen. But most of the time, people just get turned into a pulp on the track. That sounds fun, though. I'm, I'm really excited now about yeah. playing with add some, add some jumps. Makes it better. Minecarts. 
it's going to be part of my new fortress defense strategy. It's just launching minecarts at the invaders and hoping for the best. Here we are entirely excited about like two plus year old features. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it was a bit, you know, it's a bit tricky to understand how it all works. But I was um, watching, again, a plug for Dastastic if you're just getting started in Dwarf Fortress. I really enjoy his super mellow, almost zen-like approach to playing Dwarf Fortress. It's it's like the greatest. He's. I, have, have you guys listened to any of his stuff? I have. No, I have not. So he's just this, I feel like he's super mellow and then things don't go right for him sometimes. And he's, and it, you know, it'll be part of the tutorial and he'll be like, oh, well, that's not what we wanted to have happen. Okay, well, let's figure this out. You know, he's <laughs> like, it's just nothing. He's just completely unflappable, which I think is amazing for somebody teaching you how to play Dwarf Fortress. That's cool. Um, and I was watching his mind carts thing again last night. Sounds like the Bob Ross of uh, Dwarf Yeah, Fortress. I wanted to say that too. <laughs> so true. Yes. I wonder how you feel about being called the Bob Ross. <laughs> you know about Bob Ross in Germany? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, it's Bob Ross. Do you guys have the internet in Germany? No, we actually don't have the internet in, the, in Germany. Um, I'm just faking it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we have an episode, he has to hop over to England. <laughs> They're giving up the internet pretty soon. Um, okay, next topic. Moving <laughs> on. Moving New on. Site. <laughs> God, of loss of some sites. Oh, yeah, uh, we have new sites coming in with this new release, right? New, new sites? Well, yeah. But you, you heard of like, monasteries? Oh yeah. Uh, bandit forts, mercenary oh, forts. Yeah, right. Oh, the return of castles. Have you? I don't know if you guys started playing when castles were. A thing. No, I did not. But the return of castles. Return of castles. Where did they go? Where did the castles go? I, I don't know where they went, but no, we still have kind of like little forts in towns. But I think like castles themselves are are going to be back, where it's like the entire thing is in there. It's not just the little square. I don't really know what's going to happen because it was only like mentioned in passing, I think, once, and I have it down in my notes of things that are coming. So either I lied to myself and I really want it back. <laughs> or uh, we're going to get something cool with that. <laughs> we'll just go with it. We'll just say they're coming back. Castles. They're back. Castles are back, baby. Unless they're not. Unless they're not, which case, by the time this podcast airs, you'll know for sure. So That's what we hope. We hope. We're, we're, we're sure. I'm confident. Yeah, yeah. So glad we got to play the release before you guys let you know it is awesome. <laughs> I can't believe he did it. He put VR in. What? <laughs> <laughs> we're in there. Uh, you can actually smell the miasma. Ooh. <laughs> Forget 3D, but straight to 4D. How do you guys deal with vampires in your fort? So, I've used DF hack on a fort that I really liked and I wanted to succeed. I've used DF hack to see who killed it and then gone back through Legends mode to try to figure out who in the heck this person was. But I don't want to do that. What's a good non-cheaty way to deal with a vampire? Because I've got a vampire problem. He's killing children in the fort, which I'm just like, that's going to piss everybody off. Investigation. Hmm. Have you? So, like, are you talking about how to find it in, yeah. initially? Yeah. And yeah, because they keep lying. You know, like, they'll just be like, oh, I saw so-and-so do it. And you're like, wait a sec, that person's innocent. But you can you can read into it. So, if you go into the uh, the, the thoughts and likes of a dwarf, um, the vampires can obscure some of that. 
but there's usually a little bit telling. You can see like, okay, why are they friends with all of these people? Or why, if you look on their body, like, why is he wearing a dwarf bone crown? Like, <laughs> did he come in here with that? That's not, that's not normal. Yeah, um, another thing that usually works, many of those vampires have a specific god, and you can see that they worship that god because they can't hide the worship themselves. Oh, if they're worshiping someone that nobody else does? Yeah, yeah, for example, and you know, well, this creature is kind of weird. I've never heard that god before, and we might have a, you know... Uh, they are really good at social skills uh, because they, when they lived a long time, they just build up. Another thing is they don't need to eat or drink. So when you check their thoughts, there will be no is uh, happy about being inebriated by alcohol. Oh, Ooh, that's okay. a big one because everyone. That's a big one. Yeah, they're, everybody likes Everyone gets annoyed because they don't have a mug or they're, or they're you know, they were unaffected when they were inebriated yeah so you can yeah. pretty much yeah. knock out when you when you look at the list of when you hit you to look at your list of urists or whatever yeah um, yeah exactly anybody who's eating or drinking obviously they're out sleeping do they sleep i don't think they do, do um they? i think they pretend they do not sleep they can drink though they can oh. drink uh and that is one thing is uh, a vampire if he doesn't drink He's okay, but he will slow down over time. And eventually, so say you lock, you figure out who your vampire is, you lock him in a room, you have him pulling levers for the rest of eternity. Um, <laughs> eventually, he'll get to the point where he's so slow, it takes him like 10 minutes to cross a room to pull a lever, but he'll never die. So that is one of the side effects. So if you lock him in, maybe put a good booze stockpile in there or something like that. I see, but they'll never feel euphoric due to inebriation. No, or no. sad because they don't have a drink. Right. Uh, so the best way is to check thoughts, see if people are unusually old, have unusual gods, uh, don't drank in the last few days. And then, so I'm a person that does like tiny bedrooms for everyone. Uh, so everybody has their own bedroom. And usually they have doors. So I will try to lock him in. Then, a few days later, I will check if he is now very thirsty and hungry, I can let him go because he is obviously not a vampire. But if he has not developed any kind of hunger or thirst, then he is probably the vampire and I will wall him in. So, so many people do actually the, the level thing, but um, I tend to give him the job of a bookkeeper because that is really good and at some point i have a legendary bookkeeper maybe throw him a weapon and you have a legendary mace wolf after a few years yeah vampire squads are awesome although mm -hmm. i had never heard of the 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 vampire library that's kind of cool the what? how do you keep them from eating the other people that come in to check out books Bookkeeper, though, no, t taking stats on your on your uh, inventory. Gotcha. Oh, Thank the you. other one. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, I I got that wrong. I was thinking, yeah, this is like a haunted library with a vampire in it walking around. That's <laughs> oh, that would be cool too. But uh, sadly, they will eat your visitors, and that is kind of pressing down on 
the general mood of things and stuff. Um, but having a bookkeeper that does nothing but like bookkeeping, maybe assign him as a manager too. And then he is whew, done for his life. Yeah, I think my vampire is my mayor, which is kind of a, I didn't know that could happen. They usually are. That's pretty typical. Uh, okay. Well, I suppose if their yeah. social skills are really good. Yeah, if you think they've been they've been getting the intricacies of uh, social interactions for hundreds or thousands of years, uh, most of the older civilizations, if you're playing really really old games, mm-hmm. uh, are going to be vampires. But that should be changing here, is because uh, with the last release, we started to see um, much better fighting back or ways to fight back against vampires. So if you look through legends now, you'll see civilizations or little towns that. Uh, exposed a vampire and ran him out. Same with um, people who are trying to take out necromancy. And then uh, I believe in the upcoming update, we're going to have more things for that. I don't think vampires have been improved, but I think they are now like a villain type. Well, we're coming up on the top of the hour. So let's pinch it off. Yeah, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. Uh, I do want to mention that we do now have a Patreon page. So if anybody yeah, wants okay. to uh, help uh, defer the uh, the server costs for the podcast, uh, you're welcome to do so. Oh, cool. I think I'll sign up. Also, we, as, as it seems to be obvious, we're still waiting for that release to come out. And as soon as it comes out, I'm going to see if I can get a couple days off work to just Dwarf Fortress <laughs> out for 48 hours. I think you should just do it while you're at work. Make the man pay for it, man. I would never do that. I would never. I think my boss listens. Um, I would never, ever do anything like that. <laughs> In the same vein, don't forget to uh, tip your local Adams brothers. Oh, it's very good. Very good point. Uh, since they're the ones making this game and other creators like um, the people putting together DF hack and lazy new pack. They're going to need some time to take care of that with the upcoming update. So thank you, your friends here in the Dwarf Fortress community, and we'll all get through this together. Cool, cool. Well spoken. So until next time, uh, this has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks again, Kiefer, for stopping by, and we'll see everyone after the release. Au revoir. We can't hype wait. up, hype up. This has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Please stop by and leave a comment or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. Music for this episode is from filmmusic.io. Sky Q. Ellen and Folk Round are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find more music from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at Bay12Games.com. If you'd like to help support Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, you can find us on Patreon. Links to all of these are in the show notes. This is a Willow podcast. All Crafts Dwarfship is of the highest quality. It is decorated with Willow. On the podcast is an image of a giant narwhal in Willow.